Welcome to the Engineers Hub Podcast, where engineers come to connect, learn, grow, and get inspired. On every episode, we will be interviewing engineers, managers, technical experts, and industry leaders from various disciplines to share their stories and experience, uncover various engineering career paths, and inspire engineers to do more and be more. This is your host, Mamadou Jalla. Let's get started. Hello, 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 everyone. Welcome to another edition of the Engineers Hub Podcast. Uh, this is your host, Mamadou Jallo. I'm here with Bobby Haynes. Uh, Bobby, how are you doing, man? Good. How are you doing today, Mamadou? Thank I'm, you so much for inviting me. I'm doing well. I'm glad to have you on here. Really excited to have you. Um, you have a very interesting background, and the career trajectory you're on is very interesting. So I'm looking mm-hmm. forward to actually learning about it. Um, myself, um, because I do have questions about systems engineering, but I'm also pretty sure that um, others will want to hear as well, you know, because one of the things a lot of times, um, sometimes like people mistaking systems engineering with engineering management or things like that, um, you know, and yeah, so even myself, I've I found myself in there. But before I even go into that, can you please introduce yourself? Uh, tell us about your background and, and what you're actually doing right now. Absolutely. So as you stated, I'm Bobby Haynes. My background is um, I have a bachelor's degree in electrical engineering. But since um, I graduated college, I've been working primarily in like a systems engineering environment in the DOD industry, currently as systems engineer at BAE Systems. And I've actually recently just started with them since about February. I used to be in North Grumman prior to this. And my experience in North Grumman did primarily consume of, you know, systems engineering, similar to what I do now, but more of like the front end alignment of engineering. So more modeling, more requirements now is what I do um, for that background. A little bit about myself, uh, originally from Philadelphia, PA, the greater Philadelphia area, I should say suburbs. And right now I live in like the DMV area currently. So. Okay. Oh, really? You live in yes, the DMV? I, wow, I didn't know that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I'm in Towson myself, though. Nice. Okay, yeah. yeah, I'm in Silver Spring. Ah, okay, cool. Pretty cool. All right. So has all your experience been just in the DOD, basically in like the um, working with government contractors, um, or have you done stuff, commercial stuff as well? So primarily, I would say DOD right outside of college. Um, I was never expecting to become like a systems engineer or getting hired as a systems engineer. Um, but, you know, with my electrical background, um, they were they were looking for systems engineers at North Grumman. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of interesting going in there trying to figure out because I was like, what's a systems engineer? You don't learn that in like undergrad or anything like that. Right. So I thought that was a little bit interesting. But it did have like some aspects of, you know, like some electrical engineering background. Uh, a little bit of mechanical. So it's it a very broad aspect of it as far as like systems engineering. But as far as like, like most of my experience has been, it has primarily just been in DOD. So in North Grumman, I was there for nearly four and a half years. And now I'm at BAE, which I'm coming up um, about six months now. So that's primarily been my main experience um, with those two companies in the DOD. Okay. So what gets you into engineering and why electrical in the first place? Excellent question. So I'm going to be honest. In high school, I did not know what I really wanted to do. <laughs> but it was funny. My parents, they kept on pushing me like, we're not going to um, 
go to we're not going to pay for you to go to school undecided uh you need to make your decision or whatever so it's just kind of like uh i did a little bit more self-reflection <laughs> and whatnot it was like i was kind of i was good at math but like where i was at the point in like i think a senior or junior year i wasn't really too didn't care too much about math but like i like science too so i was like I knew I wanted to do something around this and like I knew like English and like histories, all of that arts and liberal stuff just really wasn't for me. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I actually like computers too. So then I was like, maybe computer science would go up my realm. So mm-hmm. my first major was computer science. Um, Cause I was like, okay, maybe I can do something like this. But quickly into that curriculum, that first um, intro to computer science class that I took, um, I went to University of Delaware where I took it. I quickly realized uh, coding was not was not for me at that time. Mm-hmm. Had I known what I would know now, maybe I would have done like you know like a software boot camp prior or did something like in high school to better prepare myself. But I was not prepared for this, mm-hmm. so I was like, yeah, I'm definitely going to change my major. And when it came to like making me pick electrical engineering, I was like, maybe engineering is not for me because I wasn't doing well in my computer science class. So then I was like, maybe I should do something with business. But then I talked to like the business school and it just, it, it didn't seem like much interest to, to me. I was just like, okay, yeah, I can do like business management or do like accounting, but it didn't really seem like something that was like interest of me. And mm-hmm. then like walking walk to class, I, it clicked on me. I was like, I think I can be an electrical engineer. Cause like I said, I still do like computers. I still do like working with phone. Mm-hmm. I just want to hold it would be a little bit more hands-on. So that's why. I primarily chose like got into electrical engineering with the push of like my parents of getting into like engineering and then with me learning that computer science wasn't like the main route for me i, I chose electrical engineering even though i still coded like throughout college but it wasn't as nearly as much as i would have done as a computer science major All right okay that's interesting so so you start in computer science and then um you realize okay it's not as you expected and then mm-hmm. And then try biz- you thought about business, right? And then you were like, no. Yeah. But then, I mean, why electrical though? You know, it's because you know from from the from the outside perspective, like mm-hmm. thinking about electrical can be intimidating. Just the thought of it, right? So, yeah. were there certain things that you found out when you were kind of okay trying to steer from computer science, and then like okay, mm-hmm. you had. Because Unifidel there had other options, engineering options as well, right? So, yeah. can you just describe that process for you? Yeah. So, I I definitely knew like environmental, mechanical. Those just weren't interests of mine. Like I wasn't really into like mechanics as a kid, but I definitely like the mechanical, mm-hmm. and I was really into like an environment going green and stuff like that. So I knew like those were were not really so much for me. And mm-hmm. actually, coming into college, I did like a summer program. Um, where we got like a little bit of exposure up to the campus and to like the school of engineering so i did know i wanted to stay like within the school of engineering but i would say like what really i guess kept me with like electrical primarily was that i knew it was still like working with like electronics or something that i did have a passion for growing up okay but at the same time i knew it would be like a different challenge for me in a good way like it's like i knew i wanted to challenge myself and i feel like this would be a good challenge for me Mm -hmm. um because I really didn't think about like electrical engineering at, at all in high school. I wasn't really to expose so much of to it uh, with like um, the hometown I was in or like even my high school. But I knew based off of people who I knew that were in their electrical engineering classes so far. Uh-huh. And from the research that like um, I did, like looking at their department, 
I was like, I think this is something that I could see myself, um, you know, making a name for myself um, in this um, with this degree or getting myself farther in my career, um, as opposed to the other types of engineering, because this was something that was a little bit more of my interest. Okay. All right. That's pretty cool. So then after you, okay, after you graduated uh, with your bachelor's and did you just went directly for your master's? Or? I did not. So I believe I would know I went right into the work industry, but mm -hmm. I think I waited a year before like applying for grad school and everything else. I was like, okay, do I really want to go back to school? Do I really want to do this? But then like, luckily in my company at the time, Dr. Grumman, uh -huh. they paid for like their masters um, per class and like that up front. So I was just like, I can't really waste this opportunity. And then I figured, let me just wait just a year because I feel like if I wait any longer, <laughs> I'm not going to want to like go back to school or whatever. And so then I was just like, I did like electrical engineering, but I went into like the systems field. It was a bit broader. Not, I didn't because I, I also knew coming out of college, I didn't want to be like super technical um, for the rest of my life. Mm -hmm. And this was a bit more broader engineering aspect. Mm -hmm. And so I decided to like go for systems engineering um, and I did Hopkins online. So I ended up waiting doing a year in the field. Well, I'm sorry, a year in the work industry. And mm -hmm. then I started going back to school part-time and finishing that up while working while too. Working. Okay, that's yeah. awesome. So it was like one or two classes a semester, like including the summer. So I made sure I didn't take any breaks because I knew if I took a break, it's gonna be harder to get back on. Oh, interesting. Do you still feel, do you, do you still feel that way now? Like if you had waited longer, you might not have, you know, gotten your master's? Well, Definitely. <laughs> I'll say definitely because like, because I've been out of school for like five years, uh -huh. but if it wasn't going to be a master's, it would definitely have to be like a certification or something. Cause I, I'm always like trying to learn and, you know, trying to grow all myself personally. Right. So if it wasn't a master's I was going to do, it was probably like a certification because it would be significantly shorter and not really like going back into school, but I'm glad I just waited just a year and didn't wait like any longer. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. I, I was actually having a conversation with uh, a colleague um, that I worked with with this nonprofit because uh, she graduated and, you know, she's thinking about going back master's right away. Um, mm -hmm. And, you know, she was just asking me, um, you know, and I told her I, I, I had that debate, too, after coming out of bachelor's. And mm -hmm. I actually decided to wait because I wasn't really sure with the master's. Um, I still haven't taken the master's yet, but it, it's still, right. but honestly, like, yeah, it's been, uh, yeah, it, I've been out of the, I've just been working, right, since, since with having my bachelor's, and I still have plans for my master's, but now I have a lot more clarity than, um, than before, right, because before I was just yeah. thinking, well, maybe engineering management, I was debating engineering or systems, but the more I worked and the more exposure I've gotten, it's really given me a lot of clarity or of the trends that I'm seeing and the things that I want to get into maybe in that I'm already going into, but you know, where I want to specialize in further. So it's, it's really interesting how everyone makes that decision. Uh, but yeah. I, if I did have an employer that did offer to pay for it, I would have done it too. So, cause that's a no brainer. Right. So. <laughs> Yeah, because if it was coming out of my pocket, I would have to really significantly sit down and say, like, is this worth it? Especially going for Hopkins, which is a really expensive school, too, as well. Right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So so you got your electrical, uh, you know, worked for a year. 
um, that first year. So right out of school, what was your job? What job did you get? Um, um, it was a systems engineer. Okay. Um, are you familiar with National Society of Black Engineers, Nesby? Yeah, Nesby, yes, I am. Yeah, so I got my job um, through a national convention um, okay. through there. So it was like, a, I took like a two-month break like after I graduated, just, you know, just relax before I jump right into the work field. So uh-huh. I started off as a systems engineer, but it was a rotational program. Mm-hmm. So that was a one good thing that I liked because it was like um, for many people coming out of college, they have it set up where you have like a rotational program to see like what you like, what you don't like. Mm-hmm. You go to different locations across the U.S., different like disciplines, different business um, sectors you can do. Mm-hmm. So my started off in radar systems and then I did a rotation in um, RF um engineering so a little bit more on electrical side for like um in the dod so it's like you know i have this electrical degree i do want to try it out and stuff like that mm-hmm. i realized quickly that i like systems like a lot better because <laughs> it, it just it was just more broad for me allowed me to see a lot more right. um as far as one went to see mm-hmm. and do have a little bit more um breadth of knowledge as opposed to like a depth of knowledge so i did enjoy um being ever in a rotational program and that first rotation i did uh, I made some really good connections and I thought it was a great um, first rotation. I did that. That first rotation was probably like about, they were like nine month rotations at the time. So it was like about nine months to a year. So that's how, um, that was like my first role. And then I did those other two rotations for like nine months to a year after that. Okay. All right. Okay. So there's something. So when you were in college, though, you did have you did do stuff outside of classroom, right? Were you involved in extracurricular activities? Um, you mentioned Nesby, right? Were you mm-hmm. involved with your Nes- Nesby chapter at your university? Yes, I was a very involved student, which is why I think that like um, I realized for me, I didn't want to be like super technical because like I did enjoy the technical aspects of college and and work field stuff like that. But what made me truly grow. And made me truly be like man who i am today it was like the networking that i did and stuff so mm-hmm. definitely heavily involved in my nesby chapter um that was like that was like really big for me like uh nesby was like really big of college for me you could ask anybody they're like oh yeah he's mr nesby on a campus <laughs> when i was an undergrad um i also joined uh pledged my fraternity alpha phi alpha in college um what else did i do i was a ra so i was a resident assistant uh-huh and I was a, they called it an each one reach one mentor. So I was a mentor. It was for incoming like um, minority freshmen. And they were just like looking for like a mentor to have while they get used to like the college life and, you know, coming to campus. And so like I was their contact for that. So those are my primary um, four things I did consistently throughout the side of college. And then my senior year, I was blessed and had the opportunity to study abroad. Um, with the electrical engineering class. It was digital photography. Uh-huh. And so I was able to go to London um, for about a month for a summer session. Sum- I'm not sorry, summer session, winter session. And so that was a great experience too, to take like a class abroad because that was something like I never thought I would possibly do. So that was great to do in college as well. Wow, that's awesome. Um, and I really like to hear that because it was also a similar thing for me. You know, I was doing a lot of things and I really think it it really uh, enriched my college experience much better than if I had just stayed in the classroom, totally right? Agree. Mm-hmm. And yeah, I try to like advise college students all the time. You, you got you to gotta get involved. You got to find things that you're passionate about and, you know, learn to network, learn to work with others, build teams because 
that's when you actually go into the workforce, that's going to be even more important than just what you know out of the classroom, you know? Yeah, those soft skills. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you do? What does a day-to-day look like as a systems engineer? Do you work with a lot of people? Um, And then, like, I guess, can you elaborate at least for you from your experience, you know, what what makes a good systems engineer and what does Mm -hmm. that entail as well? Absolutely. So it's so broad as a systems engineer. So you can be working like in the front end. Uh, we have what's called like the V diagram. Mm-hmm. Um, you can be working at the front ends. We're like working with like requirements, working with con- concepts of operations, mm-hmm. uh, modeling for like an actual project or a system. Or you can be at the end of, of the program, at the end of the V, I should say. Mm-hmm. That's that's a lot of stuff I did when I first started at Northrop Grumman. Mm-hmm. A lot of and testing so the system is fully developed fully um ready for deployment so we're testing doing some troubleshooting a lot of more Mm hands-on experience with that so i did a lot of that in northrop but right now i'm a little bit more hands-off and more in the front end now so i'm working on requirements i'm working on modeling so those are the things that i do right now like working with the cameo you know digital engineering is becoming really big and that's something that some of the technical skills i wanted to get further advanced in so that's why i wanted to get more so on the front end, so I'm glad I'm getting that experience at BAE. Mm-hmm. But to answer your question on primarily what goes into like being like a good systems engineer, it's really just understanding the bigger picture, the whole aspect of it. Um, I feel like in certain engineering roles, like mechanical, electrical, we're kind of like you know tunnel vision on like what's like, like in front of us as a system engineer. You have to look a little bit broader. It's like the bigger picture um, from beginning to end and see. Ooh, like everything that the requirement could possibly go through. I'm sorry, everything that system could pro- co- probably go through. You got to think about like you know like budgeting, costs, mm-hmm. risk management, like the requirements I stated earlier, testing, scheduling, like all of those goes into it. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the reasons why I like um, systems engineering because it doesn't just like make you like a good engineer, but it can also make you like a good leader, which is something good, especially if you want to like get. Um, up like the leadership chain, which is something that I do aspire to hopefully do one day. Mm-hmm. So those are the key things to making a great systems engineer. And yeah, as far as like other things that I do like day to day, as far as system engineering, I don't necessarily work with as many people as I did as Northrop Grumman. I think at least like with the program I'm on because of the pandemic, I work in a hybrid situation now. So like half the time I'm home, half the time I'm in the office. When I'm in an office, only like four people in there. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of like um, stuff you can do like at the computer. So I have like meetings with people, but I don't really get to see a lot of people face to face, which is like one of the things I wish I could do. Like if I'm in office, I might as well see people instead of like, you know, like <laughs> being like a dry office, like I could be home for that. Mm-hmm. But a lot of things I do, I coordinate with people. That's that's, that's one of the roles I coordinate uh, with the program that I work on. It's a lot mm-hmm. of work with different contractors, like, you know, Northrop Grumman, Northrop Grumman, Lockheed Martin, Boeing, L3 Harris. I'll have DOD contractors for the program mm-hmm. and me coordinating the requirements with those people to make sure that our bigger customer, our customer, our primary con, our prime contractor, um, we meet all of their um, specifications and mm-hmm. their requirements. And it's just my job to like build that bridge. All right. Yeah. It's and I really like how you elaborated that because. You know, when you talk about the V diagram and then it's working out the front end or the back end, sometimes right. 
working at the back and like starting up actually makes more sense because when you see the system performing, it kind of builds that knowledge before you get to the back end where really mm-hmm. you got you need to have a lot more technical understanding of things, right? And you mentioned coordinating with a lot of other contractors and bridging that gap. So there are technical requirements that the main client wants, right? And some mm-hmm. of those, maybe do you help develop some of those? Do you help transfer some of those or translate them, right? Sometimes the client might say they want this, but it's not really developed in a technical view. Do you do you serve as someone in kind of translating that to the as other specs or requirements also to the client to the con to the client contractors? Um, do you play that? I know you play the gap, but are you also involved in making those specifications, developing them, um, refining them, right as things happen? Yeah, so my group definitely does that um, as far as like refining requirement, as far as like translating them, you know, from like top to bottom or, um, you know, from the prime contractor to like down to the contractors. I'm not mm-hmm. so much my hands on into that, but I am working a lot with like, you know, refining the requirements. And it's like, okay, so this is what you want the system to do. And it's really me working with like the other individual contractors uh-huh. to see if, if they meet those requirements um, for the primary contract. And if not, like, how do we like solidify that and make that one cohesive um, requirement that's met? Yeah, that's it's it's a very it's a very for the right person. I think it's a very fun place to be in because you really mm-hmm. you really get to see everything. And like you said, it's I think it's a very good foundational place to start if you want to be like a technical leader it's a good really good place to start because yeah as a leader you got to think about all of that in addition to all the project management aspect involved as well so it's really cool um thank you so um i guess is this when you went into when you switched from computer science right and then went electrical Mm -hmm. is this kind of where you saw yourself what you saw yourself doing not at all. <laughs> so originally, um, when I switched over to electrical, so, oh, I forgot to add in this little tidbit. Mm-hmm. For me, it came down to like electrical and biomedical because um, I was always interested in like the sciences, like in the health field. Um, my mom, she works in the health field. So I think that's what kind of interests me in that. But I just wanted to be an engineer. So biomedical definitely stood out to me. Mm-hmm. So my original goal um, in college and then post-college was to get more experience um, with bioengineering, you know, working like electrical engineer, but working in the medical field. That was my original goal, but I didn't. I'm, I didn't honestly get that chance to. Um, I'll be candid. My GPA was not the best in college. I actually didn't have any internships in college as well. Really? Wow. But luckily, yeah. But luckily for me, like my involvement and my networking, like with Nesby, I was presented an opportunity to like work enough to Grumman. So. I definitely took on that experience and that was something I was like, you know, we'll start here, but then I move into like, you know, like the medical field and um, whatnot. But then I started like, you know, getting, I don't want to say comfortable, but like I started like, you know, getting more knowledge into the field, which I was in now. And I'm like, okay, I can make a career out of this. Mm -hmm. And then this is also something like, I don't want to say silly, but for me, like, I knew like if I wanted to like, like be that electrical engineer, like in the medical field, primarily the biggest jobs are like in the 
the New England area, so like way up there, like near the Boston area and stuff like that. And uh-huh. I realized I did not want to live there. I, I've never liked that. <laughs> when we took trips, like uh, my brother he went to school in Boston. We took trips up there. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, like get up here, it's too cold, too small. I was like, ugh, I really don't like it. And then like you know, I started making you know a good experience out here at North. If I saw like all the different opportunities, so uh-huh. I kind of went there that way. And I was like, you know, I really want to take on this experience and see, you know what else is out there and you know go through the system dod experience and see like you know where it's going to take me and i'm still in it so it's obviously i'm doing something that um i like about it so yeah i definitely did not ex- expect me, myself to be here today and i'm happy where i am today but yeah this was not planned at all <laughs> <laughs> all right so what's 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 uh how do i phrase this right so okay, where where do you see yourself in five to ten years? But not it doesn't have to be like end goals. What I mean is, you know, what do you see next for you? Like or what do you is there anything that you're looking forward to getting into like over time? You know, you you know you have what you're doing right now, but is there something like where okay, well, you know, Maybe you're looking at industry trends or so, things like that, and you see something coming, and that's really exciting you, and you feel pulled towards it. Do you? Is there any? Do you have anything like that? Yes, I'm. I'm actually glad you asked that. I, I love like the five year, ten year question. So I definitely, at least for the next and the next five years, I do want to have like a leadership role, whether that be like engineering manager, um, IPT lead, primarily like a manager because I do like a functional manager because I do like want to help younger engineers, you know, be like a mentor or guidance to them uh-huh. by still having those on technical skills. Um, I know for me that the trends that I've been seeing a lot have been like, you know, digital engineering coming up, um, getting more expansion. AI has been like really big recently. So I'm, I'm, I want to get a certification or at least start a certification this year. I'm leaning more towards um, a modeling based systems engineering um, certification. But I also do actually want to get like AI certification in my PMP for program management. So I do have like certifications that I do want to have completed within five years, but also like holding like, you know, a title where, you know, I am still like an engineer, but I'm still, you know, managing, becoming a leader while still giving back to, you know, the younger generation of engineers. So that's primarily where I see myself like in five years and in 10 years. I see myself still going up the chain, maybe, you know, like at a director level, you know, I may not even be in DOD, you know, I've always been like, you know, interested in like, you know, like the big tech world and stuff like that and working on what will be like a good transition from DOD to like big tech. And um, some of those are some of the things that I'm looking at and would like to see myself in in like 10 years and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. And I will add on this last point for like a 10 year mark. Um, I definitely want to do something that involves me working with like diversity, equity, and inclusion. So, you know, just making more opportunities, you know, for minorities, engineers, and having them have the best tools they needed, whether they're beginning the workforce, high school, in college, just, you know, working with that, because that's something that I feel like has benefited me and helped me and had allowed me to build this great network. And that's something that I want to push forward and actually, you know, be on the front end and having giving back to people um, that are next in line after me. That's awesome, man. That's a very worthy, you know, and uh, uh, ambition to have, definitely. I commend you mm-hmm. for that. Um, so what is it about 
modeling. So when you say modeling, right, you 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 meaning like simulation and and the like, yes. right? It's crazy because um, I also have a similar in, uh, interest, right? I I'm really one thing um, that I'm excited for is really like space exploration. I'm really excited to see how this develops over the next few decades. Um, I'm excited for my kids too, like because I feel like uh, maybe some of some of the stuff that's gonna happen. It might be when they get a little bit older, they become adults. Mm -hmm. So I'm jealous for that <laughs> because I want to. <laughs> I was telling my I want to be. I want to be alive for 200 years because I want to see how this goes. Um, right. But yeah, it's. I'm looking forward to it, but I'm also trying to think about. Um, sometimes I just try to think in my head um, and start pondering how how could you know a civilization work. Um, we're in, you know, we are going into space, Mars, and things like that, right? And mm -hmm. like you mentioned, uh, modeling and simulation is going to play a big role in some of these things. And I think it's going to be even more important because down here on Earth, when you're engineering and you want to do s something new, you know, as long as it's not risking someone's life, you can fail. But right. in space where, you know, you can't, it could be someone's life out there so and it costs a lot of money so what so is can you share your interest in that also like and and where do you see even where do you see that going do you are you even doing any simulations right now or have you been involved in some projects that involve simulations yeah so i'll say majority of my modeling experience has not been like too much like with simulations and everything like that mm -hmm. but more so converting everything digitally like um we're where my company is right now, BAE, they're trying to make everything what they have already, like in the system, mm -hmm. bring it more um, to the digital engineering side, like working in Cameo and everything like that. So those are like some of the projects that I've been working on, converting different tools and different, I guess, like different documents and different everything that we have used and bringing that all into like a model. So mm -hmm. I'm hoping to get some more simulation experience like coming up in the future, but that's also one of the reasons why I wanted to get like my um, certification in it. So mm -hmm. if I don't get that, you know, where I'm at my current role right now, I'll have that like backup knowledge of um, where I have when I get my certification. Mm -hmm. But I will definitely say like, I think it's going to play like huge role in the future with everything, especially since like <laughs> with modeling and some, it's not one of those things where you can like really Google for help. It's not like much you can find on Google, not much you can find like on YouTube because everybody's like, you know, keeping it private as they're like fully trying to get their um, modeling and sim developed and um, fully functioning and kind of keeping it closed off. So I think that is one of the things that's going to like skyrocket. And similar to what you're saying about like um, space and exploration and everything, like, yeah, that's primarily what people um, or like the engineers out here are doing um, for space work is like modeling sim because they can't like really test everything out in space. They have to model and see uh, what gives it like, um, you know, the best performance. Mm -hmm. And so I definitely think that, you know, digital engineering is going to boom, become as significant as like AI in the future. And definitely think it's going to be a lot more money to be uh, had or to be made in this um, realm of modeling and simulation. That's really interesting. You're the first person I heard talk about digital engineering. So Really? Yeah. <laughs> that's really cool. And yeah, it's the future. It's that's the future. Like, and yeah, people are into it. <laughs> that's awesome. Um, I'll definitely look into that. But I found actually 
I found this course. Um, it's online. It's, they have a free version, actually, for, like, intro to modeling simulation. I'll send you the link to it. You can, like, okay. you can you can buy it. They have a $200 one-time purchase, and then, like, you can access the course mm -hmm. whenever, you know, like, there's no deadline. Okay. Or you can do the free where, like, it's timed. So it's a time. It's, like, a limited access versus $200 for, like, unlimited access. So I'll send it to you. It looks okay, interesting. Definitely so. be interesting in yeah. Um, okay. Um, is there anything else you, you would like to share? Um, do you have any advice? Oh, I did want to ask you also, like, do you have any mm -hmm. networking advice? I, I know some people, are you, do you, do you consider yourself more of a, more of an introvert or extroverted individual? <laughs> <laughs> so originally I would say introvert, but like after my experience of, what people have told me about myself and doing some self-reflecting i'm definitely more of an extrovert mm -hmm. um a lot of times definitely like when it comes to like meeting people and talking to people i do actually enjoy doing that so that is definitely more my realm being an extrovert <laughs> okay so yeah do you have any advice so some people you know they're more on the reserve side of things which is really good but also mm -hmm. being able to you know network and um attend things it it definitely helps and like it opens up things that you wouldn't have considered before. So any any tips you yeah. can share on that for people? Absolutely. How much time we got? It's like, <laughs> <laughs> but I know like um, the biggest things I know, especially like if you're like reserved or shy, try like and find like you know like one person, like one mentor. Mm -hmm. um, it can be like in college, um, if you're working primarily with like with undergrad students or people who or just get into the field, like at least find like one mentor, you know, try and develop that true organic relationship with them as you, you really do need somebody who can help you, like, especially like in the work field, you don't know anything about this company or, or you're new to this field. So it's good to have somebody who has experience, who has your back mm -hmm. and who can um, advocate for you when you're not in the room. So at least find one person like to network with. Now, like for me, I'm so heavily involved with um, Nesby. Like, I'm a Nesby professional, so I didn't just, like, stop after college. Mm -hmm. um, that has been, like, my best, I would say, like, my best network and the best experience that I've had. It helped me get my job out of college. Um, also helped me expand my network. I get to travel with Nesby a lot. And so you're open to a lot more realm, like, joining these different organizations. It doesn't have to be Nesby. It can be IEEE. Mm -hmm. It can be Chef. It can be, you know, sweet, like whatever you um, think is great for you. Mm -hmm. But like, I know that's helped me out because now I know people across the country at these different um, companies and seeing what they're doing at their companies. And just, you know, it's just great to like, you know, build that network. So you're not just like, you know, in your own box at your own little world. So I think that is that that's really big for me, you know, joining those nonprofit organizations, you know, people are always willing to help. You can make a lot of lifelong friends doing that. So those are some of my like little tidbits of what you should do. And and I know you said like some people like do get reserved, but like if you can, like, you know, try and go to like an event, you know, it, it, you don't have to go to happy hour. They, different companies like my last company, they mm -hmm. have volunteering events. They had, um, you know, professional development events and social events. I made sure I went to all of those because I'm an extrovert. So I do like those kind of things. But if you find something that you like. Mm -hmm. Try and go to one of those like um, events and like get to know people outside of work because um, it really helps you grow as a person. 
it really helps you like um, expand your network. But the main thing is just find that one person, that one mentor you can go to and have be as organic as possible, be so candid with them, have those real, true, genuine conversations. So that's the that's like the number one biggest thing I would say. Okay. Are there any um, maybe tools, softwares, or languages that you would encourage people to study if they want to get into the systems engineering? Any programs that you think people it's good for people to know on top of your head? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So um, I know that there is one at MIT, like the MIT, um, this uh, MSBE uh, program certification. That's a really good one. That's one that I'm trying to do. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of good ones. Um, if you're in grad school and happen to be taking a systems engineering curriculum, because I know a few people are doing that, mm-hmm. they have modeling classes, and those are like really, really good. Mm-hmm. So you can like go into like a concentration of like a model and a simulation. So I recommend that as well. Mm-hmm. And I'm trying to think of any other good tools that might be useful for those with access. I would say like those are like the main ones. Um, you can really like honestly like Google around for like some certifications, but I feel like the MIT one is like a really good one. It's a little bit pricey, but I, I've heard like really good things about it. But I would say those are really good um, for it. And if you can get your hands on Cameo, that's like the modeling tool that people use. Get your hands on it. That's the one where like that's the one I primarily use. But it was funny when you said languages. I was like, okay, he's gonna have any software languages <laughs> on this one, but. A good one for just anybody, whether you're doing modeling, engineering, anything, knowing Python is going to take you a, a long way. So really? if you can um, do well in Python, then you have a good path ahead of you. Okay. Yeah, I mean, okay, cool. So so you haven't, have you, you never worked with Ansys uh, with like their modeling simulation softwares? No. No, not yet. I have not. Okay, cool. That's interesting. Because usually, so... All the F, uh, you know, the FEA stuff like final element analysis that mm-hmm. I've been involved with, um, it's, it's been just with Ansys. Um, so I, this is actually the first time I'm hearing about Cameo. So I'll, I'll really definitely oh, look wow, into okay. that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Oh wow! Yeah, that's awesome. Well, that's really cool to hear. Like, yeah, because like I think like from the like even at Northup, everyone was using Cameo. I was using Cameo here. So I think that's cool. To, you know, having these conversations like. Like I've been like I've, I've rolling really and knowing Cameo, so it's cool to hear like about um the one you just mentioned, so into so that's mm-hmm. also I might have to like look in to see like um or at least what they're about and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah, really good. Yeah, you don't really hear about that like outside these conversations. That's why it's important to network. <laughs> definitely, definitely, <laughs> it's the 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 value is in the detail sometimes. Um, yeah. Cool. Well, I don't know if you have anything else to share. You know, I really appreciate you coming on here. Um, this Thank was really fun for me. So, any 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 last words, things like that, you want to say? <laughs> um, any last words? I would just say, like you know, dream big. You know, don't limit yourself. You know, you'll learn like a lot more um, as you try different things, technically, professionally, personally. So, all I can say is like, just don't limit yourself for those people out there. Um, you never know what could happen, and be open minded. So, yeah. Okay, and if somebody wants to like um, reach out to you or network with you, what's the best way to do so? The best way to do so, so unfortunately I don't have Instagram, so that kind of sucks, but you can definitely um, connect with me on LinkedIn. It's just Bobby Haynes, mm-hmm. um, uh, H-A-Y-N-E-S, my last name, regular Bobby. So that's the best way like, to connect with me and work with me. I'm on that. Cool. All right. I will attach um, 
to the show notes. I'll attach your link on there, link to your profile on there, so people can easily okay, find you. Okay, perfect. Yeah, cool. Okay, um, so guys, this is the this is the first video recording. So first of all, I want to thank Bobby Hands for uh, for willing to do you. this. Um, so <laughs> we'll see how it goes. I am trying to. Um, people have been telling me this since episode one. Um, so here we are finally. None of this stuff is free, so it, it costs money. So I had to just take my time when it was ready. Um, but yeah, we're gonna try and get the YouTube channel up and going. Hopefully, we'll post the video version of this on there. Um, but the audio will be, of course, on iTunes and Spotify and all the other podcasts. So, yeah, thank you all for tuning in. If you always like this, make sure to share it. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you. Hold up.